You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Uh, I have two dogs uh, at my house. I'm not a huge fan of either of my dogs, um, but but they're there nonetheless. Uh, And I have a, a lab sort of dog whose name is Buddy, and then I have a, an Australian Shepherd sort of dog uh, whose name uh, is Dusty. And, and I say they're this sort of dog because, you know, they're, they, they were strays or they were rescue dogs, and so we don't know exactly um, what they are, um, but my kids love them, and, and they're pretty good dogs, all things considered. But, you know, one of the things I've always loved doing um, with dogs, my dogs as a child, my dogs now, um, is if you go out and you try to play fetch with them, right, you can, you can take the stick or the ball. Uh, my, my, my Australian shepherd dog um, loves to, to chase after the soccer ball. That, that's her, her, her favorite activity. You'll kick the soccer ball, and she'll go running across the yard um, to go chase it, and then she doesn't bring it back because she's a bad dog, right? She doesn't bring it back to us, um, but she'll run around crazy style and bring it near us and then make us chase her. Um, but one of the things I love to do with those dogs, right, is, is to check uh, their focus, right? And, and, and dogs are singularly focused on, on, on the thing that they want, right? If you have food in your hand, um, they will follow your hand all over the place, right? They don't care about anything else because they want the thing in your hand. With the, with the soccer ball, you know, you'll fake kick and, and the dog will, will turn its head real quick and then she'll look back because she knows the thing that she's singularly focused on hasn't moved. And so she isn't going to move until it moves. And that that sort of steadfast attention, uh, paying close attention to something, is something that we could learn to have as Christians. See, Christians were called um, to have a steadfast focus on one particular thing. And and it's not the things that sometimes are portrayed in the media as what Christians care the most about. It's not the social issues that we can get worked up about uh, for good reasons. It's not political issues um, that, that we can get worked up about for different reasons. It's a very specific thing that as believers that unite us together and that our eyes should be fully and totally fixed on, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And Paul is writing to us today in the book of Galatians. If you have your Bible, go on ahead and open to Galatians chapter 1. We're in Galatians 1. We're reading verses 6 through 10 today. Galatians is in the New Testament. Uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So you'll be able to find it after kind of First and Second Corinthians. It's right there tucked in between all those books. And so Galatians is a letter Paul wrote to a group of churches who had begun um, their, their walk of faith underneath Paul's leadership. He started the churches on his first missionary journey, most likely. But for some reason, they had lost their focus on what truly matters. They, they, they had gotten distracted with other things. And the thing they should have been focused on began to get a little blurry, not as clear as it needed to be. And so Paul is writing this letter as a reprimand to those churches. Um, for listening to people who have distorted the gospel. And this is what Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 6. Paul says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel 
of Christ. See, Paul, Paul is writing this letter, and he, and, he, and he looks at them, and he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him. Right? I'm astonished that, that, that I started the church with you guys, and then you guys have already, just in a matter of months or a year or two, have already wandered away from the truth that I have put before you. I'm astonished that you would desert the gospel of Jesus Christ for another gospel. Right? And we're going to learn more about what this other gospel is, as Paul explains throughout the book of Galatians. But basically, there were teachers who had come in and had added all of the Jewish law on top of the basic gospel that God has saved us through faith. Right? And they said, well, God has saved us through faith and by doing everything that the law says to do. That was the, the basic controversy going on in the Galatian churches. Was God saving us through Jesus Christ, or was God saving us through Jesus Christ and the law of Moses? And Paul is saying, I'm astonished that you would wander away from that gospel and start clinging to this other gospel. Guys, the first thing that we have to understand when we look at the, the, the picture of what's going on in the church of, of Galatia and that, that we need to know in our lives is we truly have to understand the gospel. Guys, we have to grasp the gospel. We have to understand what the concept of the gospel is, what the truth of the gospel is, what the essentials of the gospel is, and we have to hold on to those truths. Right? We have to cling to those truths because you know there's a lot of people who have a, a gospel out there and then they add everything else to it. The gospel is a very simple thing. And I want you to understand the gospel, and so I'm going to tell you the gospel uh, in ten words. Right? These are ten words that you should memorize. Ten words you should put deep inside of your mind. And this is the ten words of the gospel. It's that Christ died for our sins and rose from the dead. Right? That is the simple gospel that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose from the dead. And if we would believe that gospel, only that gospel, then we will be saved. Right? The gospel isn't something super, <coughs> super complicated. It's not something difficult to understand, right? In fact, it's almost too simple, right? That, 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 that we could be saved just by believing the facts that Jesus lived on earth, that he was the son of God who died on the cross for our sins and rose again from the dead. The simple fact that we could believe that and that that would lead us to have eternal life and a right relationship with the almighty God, it seems too easy. And so... What do we do? We add other things to it. Right? We, add other, we add works to the gospel. We say, well, yes, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And yes, Jesus rose from the dead. But I have to give to the church. I have to attend every Sunday or at least you know, 45 out of the 52 Sundays a year. Right? I have to be involved uh, in, in, in leadership, in Sunday school, I have to get baptized, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. And guys, everything that I've just mentioned is good things. It, it, it's part of the life of the Christian to be involved in a church community. It's part of the life 
of a Christian to be growing in, in, in discipleship groups like uh, small groups and Sunday school classes. It's part of the life of the Christian to be baptized. But none of those things are what make you a Christian. Attending church, going to Sunday school, getting baptized, none of those things lead you to eternal life. The only thing that leads you to eternal life is faith in Jesus Christ. And we have to understand what faith in Jesus Christ, what the, the, the concept is that Christ came to earth, he died on the cross for our sins, and he rose from the dead. And if we believe that message, that's the understanding of the gospel we have to get. If we believe that, we will be saved. There's nothing else that needs to be added to that message. Nothing else needs to be added to it. Now, there's things that you're going to do as a believer, but nothing uh, has to be done for you except what Jesus has already done on the cross. Let's continue on. And it says in verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we've said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. <coughs> Guys, um, it, it's pretty straightforward here, right? He says, look, there are people who are going to tell you other things. There's other teachers out there who will tell you more complicated versions of what the gospel can be. There's people who are going to instruct you about how to do things differently than the way Christ has instructed us to do. And we need to beware of false teachers who distort the word of God. <clears throat> we need to be uh, discerning of the people who stand behind pulpits and podiums, who have podcasts and YouTube channels. We need to be aware that not everyone who opens a Bible and pretends to teach you is teaching you truth. There is a whole lot of people, popular, famous, well-loved people who claim to know Jesus Christ. And when they open the word of God and they teach, they teach it wrong. They, 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 whether they purposely are distorting it or they've never understood the simple truth of the gospel, they, they, they stand up and they teach and with eloquent words and with passion that, that, that brings in the masses, they mislead people from the truth of the gospel. And most of these teachers you can find uh, on TV. Not everyone who's got a TV program is a false teacher, but I'll tell you what, it's a good start to figuring out whether or not they are. Right? There's, a, there's a, a false gospel called the prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel basically says that God himself wants you to be happy and healthy and wealthy. That that is God's ultimate attention, uh, intention for your life, is that you would have more stuff on this earth, you would experience more happiness on this earth, and you would never be unhealthy on this earth. I saw churches talking about uh, that, that God desired uh, no one to be sick, and they were speaking out against this coronavirus that's going on right now, right? Their idea is that God wants you to be healthy, and if that's, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then nothing 
can make you sick, but those churches aren't meeting this Sunday. Why? Because they know in their hearts and they know in their minds that the gospel that they preach is false. Right? Jesus Christ himself was not wealthy and he wasn't particularly happy all of the time in his life. And if God in the flesh experienced trouble and trial and poverty and hard times in his life, those of us who follow that God in the flesh need to expect the same. The fact that you have enough food to eat is a blessing from God. We don't need to long for more. The idea that God wants you to be healthy and wealthy is false. It's the prosperity gospel. The people who teach that, the Joel Osteens of the world, they teach a false gospel, a partial gospel. And they steal the power of the true gospel in their process. Be careful following those people. There's word of faith people out there. And these typically run with prosperity gospel. They they say the the word of God, uh, a word of someone who is a believer uh, has power. And so we speak things into existence. You know, uh, you say, I am wealthy. And and all of a sudden you're going to become wealthy because your words have power to actualize God to move on your behalf. Guys, that is a absolute falsehood. Anyone who tells you to, 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 to speak words of, of, of whatever, power or life or health or whatever they're looking for you to speak into existence has fallen into this trap. Avoid those people. Paul says anyone who changes the gospel, let him be accursed, right? Let him be anathema. Let him be no longer a part of the fellowship of the believers. Have nothing to do with those false teachers who say their words have power on their own. Guys, it's not true. There's a church in California, Bethel Church. Bethel Church is a huge church, amazing music ministry. Uh, Occasionally we may even sing a song um, that that came from Bethel's uh, cadre of artists that, 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 that go throughout their church. But man, Bethel Church is a dangerous church. The teachings of that church is a dangerous thing avoid that church right back to the coronavirus example uh they have a healing ministry at bethel church and they go and they pray for people at the hospitals wonderful ministry right to go pray for people at the hospitals they'll pray for people at the hospitals and then they'll tell the person in their emergency room waiting room after they pray for them you don't even need to see the doctor you can go home now you have been healed right by the power of them praying for them i believe god heals people i believe god does it on a daily basis brings healing to bodies supernaturally god has power that i do not contain but they believe that they can harness the power of god and use it anytime they want on command using divine power when they speak these words across people and it is false you know what happened when coronavirus came in that part of california all of a sudden they stopped going and visiting the hospitals right because they didn't want to get sick physician heal yourselves i would say but they can't do it guys there are heretics in this world not just people who kind of distort the gospel people who are outright first century or third century Heretics, T.D. Jakes, the Bishop T.D. Jakes, an eloquent man, a popular man. He's got books, he's on Oprah, he's everywhere, he's a big deal, but he is a heretic. He denies the Trinity, he doesn't believe uh, in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, 
coexisting as one, right? Co-eternal. And uh, he doesn't believe in the Trinity. He believes in modalism, that God became the Son, and then he stopped being the Son, and he became the Father again. And then he stopped being the Father, and he became the Holy Spirit. And instead of having three and one, he has one in three. One that does three different things. It's a heresy. It's been a heresy since the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. It's a heresy now in 2020. Yet people rush to hear this person speak, have nothing to do with these heretics. Avoid them. Run from them. Seek sound teaching because the gospel message is simple and the people who corrupt it and change it and alter it to make it fit the pattern that they want they are wrong let them be cursed right let the curse of god go on them because these false teachers are distorting the word of god your job church is to check the words that are being taught to you to see if they're true that's true when i preach a message check Make sure I'm not mistaken. Make sure I'm not leading you astray. You are responsible for your theology. So take it seriously. Please take it seriously. You have work to do. Understand the gospel. Beware of false teachers who distort the gospel. And then verse 10 of Galatians chapter 1 says, For now am I seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? For if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Guys, guys, you have uh, two choices. You can please God or you can please man. You cannot do both. It is impossible to please God and please man at the same time. Because the heart of man is wicked and inclined towards every sort of evil. And the heart of God is good and righteous. And those two things never come together. So we have to choose today, will we seek to please God above everything else and God alone? Will will, will seeking um, to to please God alone be our goal? Or will we have a lesser goal of being a man pleaser? The the Galatians uh, were being told that Paul was a man pleaser. That's why he didn't tell them whenever he shared the gospel that, that there was actually all these extra things that they needed to do beyond believing in Jesus Christ. The people who taught after Paul said, well, yeah, no, it's true what Paul said, but he, he was really kind of scared of, of, of not being liked by y'all. So he didn't tell you the whole truth. And we're going to tell you the whole truth is believe in Jesus Christ, but also become a Jew, do all the Jewish things, and then you'll be saved. And Paul says that is not true. I have sought and only seek to please God and God alone. I don't care about pleasing Man, would that be true of us, right? That we would not seek to please man when we, when we talk the gospel message, when we share the truth of God's word, instead of looking at people where they are and, and instead of telling them, hey, you're lost in your sin and you're going to hell, but God loves you and he sent his son to die on the cross for you and rose again so that you could experience eternal life. Instead of sharing that message that they're lost and that God wants them to be found, we look at them and we say, well, I mean, maybe you'll be okay. I hope you're okay. Uh, so long as you truly believe 
what's deep down in your heart, right? Oprah Winfrey's basic theology, right, is that uh, there, there's one mountain and God is at the top of the mountain and there's all sorts of paths to get to the top, right? So you can take the Hindu path or the Buddhist path, the Muslim path. You can take the Jewish path or the Christian path. And ultimately, as you work your way up to the top, at the top of it is truth and God and, and, and glory and righteousness. And so long as you follow your path faithfully, as long as you follow the path that you're on faithfully, you know what? No one can tell you that you're wrong, but you know what? Jesus says that's not true, right? Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That means there's no other path to get to God except through Jesus. Christianity is an exclusive religion. We exclude, based on what God has said in his word, other religions from eternal life with God. And that motivates us to, to tell people that they're lost and they need Jesus Christ. Guys, they, you have friends who, who need Jesus Christ. And instead of seeking to please them, you need to seek to please God. And you know what ultimately will happen as you seek to please God is some of your lost friends will be found by the power of the Holy Spirit and brought into eternal life with God the Father. And you know what they're going to experience there? Pleasure that they do not know right now uncomfortable conversations sure we'll have uncomfortable conversations telling people um, that, that they're lost and going to hell is not a comfortable conversation church it's not i don't want to pretend like it is but the simple gospel message that christ died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead that is the message that we need to be sharing paul said i, I was not seeking to please people i told them the truth and now I want to tell you, church, tell people the truth. Guys, as I look at this passage, I'm reminded back of my dog, right, who is, who's focused on that soccer ball and won't, won't lose sight of it. And my dog is unflinchingly focused on that soccer ball. And as, as Christians, guys, we need to be unflinchingly focused on the gospel. We need to unflinchingly cling to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Guys, that message that Christ died on the cross for our sins and he rose again, that is the message of life for us. And because that's the message of life, there's nothing else that we cling to. It is the life preserver in the ocean uh, 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 that is filled with death around us. And we cling to that and we grab to nothing else. Hold on to the simple gospel. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. Don't complicate it. Don't corrupt it. Don't, don't alter it. Don't water it down to make your friends happy. Unflinchingly cling to the gospel of Jesus Christ because God is worthy of your attention. And the gospel is worthy of your clinging it to. Church, today, hold fast to the gospel. Look at who it is that you're learning from. Make sure that the teachers that you're allowing in your ears as you turn on the radio, as you listen to podcasts, as you're going through YouTube, make sure that they hold on to the gospel as well. Don't allow yourself to be taught by people that Paul would say should be accursed. Hold fast to, to good teaching. There's, there's thousands upon thousands of good teachers out there. Hold fast to those teachers. Whatever it is that, that, that you have going on in your life today, though, I want you to know God cares for you.
Right? And the gospel message is a message for you to come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's not a message of facts that we get. It's a, it's a, it's a message of truth that we, we, we accept that changes everything about who we are. So if you're out there today and you're watching this and, and you're like, well, I, I hear you talking about the gospel. Well, why is the gospel good news for me? I want you to know, by our very nature, we are sinful. We, we sin, we choose to do that which is wrong. We wander from the path of God and we become further and further separated from God. But God made a way for us to come back to him and that's the simple gospel, right? That Christ came to earth and he died on the cross for our sins and he rose again so that our sins would be paid for. And when Christ died on the cross for our sins, he died in our place. The death that you're supposed to have for the sins that you've committed... Christ died for you. The punishment that you're supposed to get for the sins that you've done, Christ took for you. And what you have to do is trust in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And as you believe in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Bible says you will be saved and you are saved through belief and nothing else. So if today you've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, reach out to me. You can hit the little prayer button there on the screen, and I'll join you in a private chat right now, and I'll encourage you as you begin this walk of faith. Maybe you're, you're scared about the things around you, and I want you to know there's nothing to be scared of on the things around you if you know Jesus Christ. If you have the Lord of Lords and King of Kings in your corner, you don't need to worry about everything else. But guys, I, I want you to cling to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, cling to that gospel. Don't corrupt it. Don't listen to people who do corrupt it. And share it boldly with our friends and our neighbors who need it. Let me pray.